0: I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is You Can't Make This Up. You Can't Make This Up is the podcast where we uncover the true stories behind your favorite Netflix documentaries and films. On today's episode, we'll peek ahead at some of the hottest nonfiction titles coming this summer on Netflix. Netflix. Anna Nicole Smith has died. Modeling, movies, her own TV show. The world is infatuated with Anna Nicole Smith. A death that opened a Pandora's box of questions. Today, we're talking to Amanda Richards from Doom. Buckle up for another great batch of nonfiction and unscripted series and films in the coming weeks. Netflix will take you around the world and to the bottom of the sea. From hotel maids to presidents from wealthy celebrities to working stiffs. Be ready to meet football legends, investigative reporters, and even mermaids as we reveal the real life stories on Netflix that will have you talking and streaming all summer. I get emails all the time from people telling me that they wanna be a professional mermaid. And my first thought is, oh, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. And joining me now is To Doom's Amanda Richards. Welcome back to You Can't Make This Up, Amanda. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm so excited to be back.
1: All right. So, for the uninitiated, what is To Doom? Okay. So, imagine like, you know, anytime you want to like visit an entertainment site and read about your favorite movie or your favorite series, To Doom is that, but for Netflix titles only. So, it's a Netflix companion website where we cover all of the titles that you are seeing not all of them but a lot of them and <laughs> on netflix and, and if you have questions about them burning questions we try to answer them all so we try to anticipate what people are going to want to know about from the doc series films and we create um you know content around it we create we tell stories about our titles um and for docs it's really great because we answer a lot of questions that maybe are not in the actual film or series so it can be really helpful and also doom is a place to go where you, if you want to know when something's coming out, who directed it, who's in it, really just a catch-all for all things Netflix.
0: So I know what's really cool about your job is you get to preview a lot of the stuff that's coming up on Netflix so that you can do your job at doom, right? Yes. So you know what's coming out late this spring and this summer, so I'd love to talk to you about some of the summer titles. What is the first doc that you would like to tell me that everybody needs to watch?
1: Okay. Let's let's go in order, because I personally feel like everybody needs to watch every doc we're going to talk about today. <laughs> OK, but we're going to go in order by release date. So the first one is on May 16th. It's called Anna Nicole Smith. You don't know me. I would just advise people just to follow their dreams. You know? they can come true. I'm living proof. And it's directed by Ursula McFarlane, and it is the story of Anna Nicole Smith. And I think in a way that we haven't necessarily seen her story told before, it is not easy to watch. She got up on stage and looked like maybe a little high or drunk. That was Anna. Anna knew how to work the crowd.
0: And if I ever record an album, I would- this guy to produce my make me beautiful duets, cause he's freaking genius.
1: If I, anybody listening remembers the life of Anna Nicole Smith, a lot of it was really tragic, and it, it's a darker story. But I think it's very, very well done. It is surprising at times. It endeared her to me in a way, and I was a fan. I remember her, and I remember her show, and I remember you know, following her as a celebrity. And I just felt like she had such potential to be just a star. The doc kind of captures all of that and explains why and humanizes her in the process, which is really beautiful.
0: Okay. So I've previewed this too. And I have to say, this is one of those stories where if you were like a sentient person when Anna Nicole Smith was a huge celebrity, you know, you think you remember what happened with her, but you probably have it totally wrong um you know revisiting how like casually cruelly women were treated in the media and how we were totally okay with it but also Anna Nicole Smith is like surprisingly complicated like that relationship she had with billionaire surprisingly complicated I think folks should watch this too I also found myself you know really having a lot of empathy for Anna Nicole and seeing her in a whole new light so yeah definitely watch Anna Nicole Smith you don't know me it's super good
1: all right. What is the next title that you like to talk about? The next one could not be more different than the Anna Nicole Smith documentary. It is a docu series called "Working: What We Do All Day," and it is from Higher Ground Productions. If anyone, if that sounds familiar to anybody, it's the Obamas' production company, and the series is hosted by Barack Obama. And I think the best way to describe this docu series is it really tries to answer the question of what does having a quote unquote good job actually mean. What does it look like at all levels of the workforce, from service industry to corporate sort of desk jobs to being a CEO? And each episode follows a different group of people.
0: A revolution is happening right before our eyes. What happens if they replace you with a machine? Artificial intelligence, remote work, spiraling inequality. It can be hard to make sense of where we're going. What if people from three different industries, from the service entrance to the C-suite, invited us into their lives and told us what makes a good job good
1: and it is fascinating i mean it is truly fascinating especially episode one had me because it follows uh the workers in the service industry and, and it's in it's also across three different industries so it's like hotel a home service and then delivery drivers like third-party app workers and Apparently, it was uh, Barack Obama was inspired to create this because he was also heavily inspired by Studs Turkle's 1974 book, "Working." Yeah, it's fascinating. Did you get a chance to watch this one?
0: I haven't watched it yet, and I'm very curious about it, because one of the things that I think about anybody and their job is that, you know, we tend to not think about you know other people's work. We are so like involved in our own work, right? But when you talk to anybody about their job, it is interesting, right? Mm. You find it within five minutes that somebody whose work that you may be visible to you or invisible to you is inherently interesting. It is inherently usually something that you wouldn't be able to do if you tried, mm. right? So I'm I'm actually super interested in this one, and I didn't realize it was also going to be uh, hosted by Barack Obama.
1: So Oh, he's so extremely present.
0: So is this where you shop?
1: Yeah.
0: Are you a good cook?
1: To be Southern, you have to know how to cook.
0: All right, so you're not know a
1: cook. So do you know how to cook? So
0: I can cook a little bit. A little bit. It's been a long time since I cooked. Do you eat livers? You know, livers are not my
1: favorite. You I like gotta answers. say.
0: I like gizzards more than liver.
1: He shows up in these people's lives in, in person, and it's great because it's not only him having a lot of curiosity about what people's working lives are actually like, but then you think of it in the context of his life and the fact that he's had not just jobs, but the job, mm. you know? Yeah, it's fascinating, and it's also really interesting to see how all of the different levels of the workforce end up operating in tandem with one another, um, and not in a cliched way. It's it's pretty educational. So I think people are going to like it. All right, what's next on your list? The next one on my list is actually a film that premiered at Sundance. And I was able to see it there, I was able to meet the director, Nancy Schwartzman, there. It's called Victim Suspect, and it follows the story of an investigative journalist named Ray DeLeon, who, after a lot of sleuthing and research, figured out that there were more than a handful of women who were charged by police with falsely reporting their sexual assaults. Was there a point, like, with the investigation where you felt like the police just, you knew they weren't believing you, and... The detective told me he didn't hold you down that's about rape. If you continue to lie to me, this is about to go south. Obviously, the story is not about false reports. It about It's about what happened when these women came in and they reported their sexual assaults, what happened after that, to then get them to the point of being accused of lying themselves. Hmm. And... I think I would describe this stock as like rage inducing, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can't watch it without getting really, really pissed off, but there is some redemption and sort of hope in the work that Ray De Leon is doing and hearing these survivor stories firsthand is really, really powerful. And I think a lot of people will be shocked by this kind of disturbing trend in law enforcement.
0: So there are echoes there of the truly tremendous Netflix series Unbelievable that had Merritt Weaver and Tony Collette in it, which Mm -hmm. uh, was based on a real story that ProPublica published about a rape victim who reported and wasn't believed. And then those two cops obviously were able to uh, trace it to a serial rapist. I think it's really interesting, though, because this one sounds like an inside journalism story as well,
1: right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The documentary follows her along in real time as she's working for the Center for Investigative Reporting and figuring this out. I've been working on this story for four years. I managed to gather more than 160 cases where alleged victims of sexual assault were turned into suspects. Filing a false report is a Class A
0: misdemeanor punishable up to one year in jail. The women had pled guilty.
1: There was sort of a knee-jerk sense where they pled guilty. They admitted it. There's no story here. But when I spoke to them, they have maintained that the assaults did happen. It's as much of a doc about her and her work as it is about the survivors. I think it strikes a nice balance, and it's really powerful to see it kind of all unfolding in real time, and like I said, rage-inducing, but with some real redemption at the end because of what they were able to uncover, and then ultimately change. When is that one coming out? That one is coming out on May 23rd. All right. What's next on your list, Amanda? May 23rd is a big day for me personally in the docs world of Netflix because at the same day Victim Suspect comes out is one of the the docs I'm most excited for. It's called Mer People.
0: Oh, you've been telling me about this one. I can't <laughs> wait for this one.
1: Merpeople is a docu-series about a subculture of people in the United States, mostly in Arkansas and Florida, who are professional mermaids. 20 years ago, I was the first professional freelance mermaid in the world. Now, there's thousands around the world. I think it's one of those stories where you just get to kind of look behind the curtain of this entire beautiful supportive community that not a lot of people maybe know about and it's competitive i mean there's not just like endless jobs for professional mermaids so they are in competition with each other the series follows how they how they train how they get jobs how they interact with each other and then also how they dress i think the thing that frustrates me most about the public perception of professional mermaids is that we're just playing dress up you're going to invest thousands of dollars in the equipment, hundreds of hours of your time in the training, and your first gig might pay $100. It kind of follows this uh, this guy called the the mer Taylor uh, <laughs> His his name is Eric Ducharme, and he creates custom mermaid tails for working mermaids, and they are beautiful. I, I feel like this is one of those docs where you just have to watch it. There's a lot of tension, but it's also there's so much joy and so much mutual support. And I, don't, I just love this. I mean, maybe I, I loved mermaids as a kid. I think it's just kind of one of those things, an unexpected story that will just keep you tuned in the whole time.
0: I cannot wait for this one. I love, love stories about subcultures that you would otherwise never, ever get inside of. Mm-hmm. I'm also obsessed with uh, Weekiwatchee, Florida, which I believe is one of the places that this is
1: set, right? So WikiWachi Springs was a place where in the 60s, there were actual working mermaids in this natural spring. It, they get into it in the series, but basically the government took it over. There was no longer allowed to put on shows there. All of these people in this stock were inspired by the mermaids of Wikiwatchy. <laughs> and they're trying to continue that legacy in the way that they can. Hmm. And that is through creating, you know shows other places. The Mer Taylor himself has built an aquarium for shows. So yes, all inspired by the legacy of Wachee. And also they interview some of the Wiki mermaids there and they're like much older now. And they look back at their time as mermaids as like the highlight of their lives. I mean, it's it's beautiful to hear them talk about it.
0: That's incredible. All right. I cannot wait to watch that one. OK, so from one sort of like human wildlife to like real wildlife, <laughs> uh, there's another documentary coming out, Our Planet 2. I watched Our Planet 1. When is Our Planet 2 coming out and what is that going to be about? June 14th.
1: Our Planet 2 is incredible, Uh, just as incredible, if not more incredible, than the first series. This series will celebrate the natural wonders that remain and reveal what we must preserve
0: to ensure people and nature thrive.
1: This one is all about movement. I think that's a really interesting theme in Our Planet too. It's all about how animals migrate and how movement and dynamism of animals is essential to the health of planet Earth. Some of these scenes, I can't even begin. I don't know how. I, I, this is one of the things when watching nature documentaries, like I know you just had the interview about Chimp Empire. The main question we have with these nature docs is how did they do this? Yes. How did they get this? Always, right? Totally. And, and you will feel that way more more than once when you watch our planet too also it's funny it's so funny and of course narrated by david Attenborough. who else right (laughs) who else exactly that's exactly right
0: without the humboldt current the coast of peru would fall silent the seabird spectacle would be no more well, you know, I love a nature doc. We spent a really long time talking about Chimp Empire recently in a meeting. <laughs> and uh, I, I do think it's incredible how it's like without anthropomorphizing animals, like they sort of cast them as characters and they are able to put together stories that we really get sucked in by and become incredibly invested in when we're watching these nature docs. It's not just like, look at that, look at that, look at that. It's like a real arc with act one, act two, act three. I just find that incredible. And then the whole time, like you said, you're also like, how the heck did they get that close to that
1: crocodile or whatever it is that they're doing? It's really amazing. And I think another thing they've done really in an interesting way for Our Planet too, is they've, each episode is a cliffhanger. So you really are left being like, what happened to... I'll just say it here first. There are two animals that I think people are going to really respond to. Episode one, at least I responded to them. There is an abandoned Laysan albatross that I got heavily invested in. Adorable and also could not wait. Truly was like on the edge of my seat trying to figure out how he was going to get to where he needed to go. And also keep in mind a Christmas Island red crab. Just Hmm. mother in so many ways. It's one of those things you'll have to see to understand. But the mother crab, it just will will stick with me forever. (laughs)
0: Listen, if I can get invested in a crab, then I'm definitely going to watch this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what's the next pick on your list? I suspect it's going to be something completely different than crabs on a beach.
1: I know. I feel like there's so much jumping around in docs and that's the beauty of docs, right? The next one is called Quarterback. And admittedly, this is a doc series that maybe I wouldn't if I if I wasn't working in the doc space that I would necessarily watch. I'm not a not an NFL girly, but there's two audiences for this for a quarterback. One is football fans, like Uh hardcore football fans. And one are people like me who are just sort of like, okay, I could watch this dog and and find out more about the sport. It follows three quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. And it's really like a behind the scenes look at their lives. And when I say behind the scenes, I mean like, these are very big quarterbacks, right? Yes. Like Big names. And you like see their basements. Like we're talking like at home with the quarterbacks, like doing their thing. And you also get a lot of insight into how they do their jobs. Because, you know, I, sometimes I forget that being a quarterback for an NFL team is a job, mm-hmm. right? It requires a really specific personality to do it. And I always kind of assumed that the whole quarterback thing, they were like egomaniacs. It's completely, the, this documentary is, Change that for me. They're very humble. However, they are natural leaders, and they seem to just naturally have an orbit. You Hmm. know, I don't know. Are you a football fan? I am somewhat of a football fan, although you know
0: I I have a lot of questions about football, like a lot of people do. I think right now, and I am really interested in getting this on the field look. I mean, my understanding is that I've read a little bit about this doc. Are that the quarterbacks are mic'd up, and we get to hear what they say on the field, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm really curious about what we're going to hear because usually we hear from quarterbacks in those post-game interviews that seem like really polished, really practiced, really like scripted in many ways. But the other thing I know about Netflix and sports docs is that almost every single time one comes out, I'm like, I'll give this a shot. And then I always end up loving it like Full swing, break point. I mean, the stakes always get ramped up for me in like a way that I never expected, especially when you get inside
1: the players' heads and inside
0: their homes and sort of you meet the people in their lives. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I feel the same exact way. Like, I wouldn't say I'm like begrudgingly watching these docs because I'm always down to learn about, you know, a new sport, a new subject. But I think the way Netflix does sports docs and quarterback was produced by the NFL in, in collaboration with Netflix. So the vibe is a little different than say drive to survive full swing, et cetera. But it is, it's fascinating. I mean, I think maybe this is my entry point into sports because it like humanizes the players and creates these sort of arcs for each of them that you just, you don't get elsewhere. And the name of the, like every, the phrase I'm hearing constantly about this documentary is unprecedented access. Hmm. Like mm. you're just getting what you have never gotten before from these quarterbacks. So football fans are going to love. And like I said, people like me, I was into it. Surprise. All right. <laughs> Especially uh, Chiefs, Vikings and uh, Falcons and Eagles
0: fans, right? They're going to love it. Okay, oh, yeah. All right. So uh, final one on your list, which I know you are also super looking forward to because we've talked about it in meetings and I have a little preview here. So what else Do people need to uh, maybe wait with bated breath to
1: watch? (laughs) Great. That was great. I love that. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) It's called The Deepest Breath. It is a love story that takes place in the world of competitive freediving. So no tanks, no masks, just very, very regulated breath work that they perfect over years. These divers are going down to incredible, incredible depths in in the sea. And it follows an Italian diver named uh, Alessia Zucchini and her safety diver, Stephen Keenan, who also the safety divers do not have tanks, masks, etc. for a lot of different reasons. I saw this movie when it premiered at Sundance and there was not a dry eye on the house. It, it's beautiful. I, and, the, and the way that they shot everything under the water is incredible. I can't say enough about it. I think people are going to be very, very moved by this movie. And in addition to the sort of like emotional side of it, you also learn so much about free diving. Like I, after I watched this doc, I bought a book about free diving because I was like, Whoa, this is like, it seems superhuman. to be able to do this.
0: Right. I mean, this isn't just a sport. This is like a way of life for these people, right? Because it's like a conditioning aspect to it that like we cannot relate to, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. And it's incredibly dangerous. And nobody that participates in the sport will tell you that it's not. I think a lot of times extreme sports are like, it's, oh no, you just have to be brave. You got to like really be extreme and put yourself out there. There's a reverence for this sport that all of the athletes have that I think is really, really important um, and shows how committed they are. And it's just incredible. I don't, I mean, we're talking about going down under the water to the depth of like, you know, a 70 story building. We're talking Mm. about five minutes, four minutes under the water, which is just, Try to comprehend that. I can't even hold my breath for like 15 seconds. Before nope. I start to <laughs> so yeah, it's directed by Laura McGann. I can't say enough about it. It's, it's really, really beautiful. I hope everyone watches it because it, it, it stuck with me.
0: Well, I will tell everyone listening right now that if Amanda Richards says, I hope everyone watches it, you should watch it. Amanda has <laughs> incredible taste. Amanda Richards of TiDoom, thank you so much for joining me with your picks for the summer on Netflix. I can't wait to watch every single one of them and then talk to you about them. And I hope you come back on the show to tell us your next
1: round of picks. I'm so I'm so excited for you to watch them, for everyone to watch them. And yes, I can't wait to be back. Thank you for having me. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much again to
0: Amanda Richards of To Doom. For more of my takes, check out my other podcast, Crime Writers On. Each week on that show, we break down the latest in true crime documentaries, films, podcasts, TV, and pop culture. If you like You Can't Make This Up, please rate and review this show and share it with your friends. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And make sure to follow the show to stay tuned for all new episodes. Our music is by Kelly Mack at Netflix Music Lab. You Can't Make This Up is a production of Netflix. I'm Rebecca Lavoy. Thanks so much for listening.